Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new Attack of Opportunity. What's new? Well, we got a couple of things, a new logo. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I'm absurd. I'm unique. I love that line. It's from Lil Wayne's, one of his rap songs, and the fact that he stuck it in there, I just saw that, and it speaks to me. So, psh, up on the logo it goes. Now, speaking of someone that speaks to me, because he actually does sometimes return my calls and gives me great advice as the years turn by, is Tim Carney from the Tabletop Terrors product line, franchise. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show today. Dude, thank you for having me on the show. I mean, that is uh, that's a killer intro. I love the I'm a nerd, I'm a geek, I'm absurd, I'm unique. Uh, and it's so fitting because I think it's both of us, oh, which I, is really cool. It rhymes. <laughs> yeah, actually secretly dug this up. It's like, my God, I have Tim Kearney on the show. I, I need something new, something special, something to keep him with me. You know? um, no, man, thank you so much for being on the show today. Now, um, we are coming up, as I said before, with these things at our third year anniversary of this show. And I've reached out to people that three years ago... Saw past the spammy guy, saw past the look at me, look at me, the hotbed, the out of the gate, sure. you know, and you get into doing it. And you're, I believe a lot of people that do this, like myself in the past, have the best intentions. They start off with, hey, I have this thing. Would you give me some feedback? Post. Hey, there's I got this thing. Post. Hey, post, 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 post. Like you just you stop doing the personable intro to the even the five or six people that you choose you want to share something with, hopefully that they will give you feedback or take it beyond because they're bigger than you or more fun or they're a different genre because you're trying to spread out or whatever. And then you get into that habit of just post, 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 post and suddenly you're the spammy guy. Um, yeah. A couple of people that we've interviewed, like Michael Kasevin and stuff, and yourself, Tim, I'll never forget the day that I was I was very excited about something to share. I believe it like our Dice Before Dishonor All Cavalier pod dropped or whatever. And I was like, oh, hey, so-and-so, you know, look at this. Tell me what you think. It's a neat concept. It's We're trying to be original. Great. This, this, this. And by the time I got to Mr. Kearney, Carney, sorry. It's, it's, it, it's spelled Kearney, but you said it's Carney. It's Carney. And it's unfortunate. Listen, it's, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize profusely. It is, it's Carney. And I just think of, you know, think of steering wheel and then I slap my knee. That's how I have people remind. I do mime drive and then I slap the knee and people tend to remember car, knee. Oh, okay. That's good. See, I was thinking more like Afro Circus. Da, da, that works da, da, too. You know? Listen, I for for a long time, Austin Powers is like you know, Carney's small hands smell like cabbage. That was what I was called. Either that or Timmy uh, oh. throughout high school. <laughs> so yeah, man. Either one is totally totally great with me. Now, um, not to make fun of your name, just for people that are just tuning in for the first time, is we have a running joke that common is fun and common is like the English in all character D D language. The dwarf speaks dwarven, but he knows common, which is like. English for the human, that kind of thing. And we have this thing going with common is fun. So whenever I run across a word I can't pronounce or I got to check, it is sort of a self-joke. I honestly am not making fun of Mr. Carney's name. Just to be clear. Common is fun. Common is fun. <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. See? That almost implies he listens to the show, but I think I just told him the story mm. earlier as opposed mm. to him actually. But anyway, today we are here to talk about, first I want to clear up, um, tabletop terrors is your biggest thing. What is that exactly? Can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, I'll give you the, so it, it started out because my brother and I, we tried a few different things. We had a few different, like at the time, now this is five, six years ago. So you have to think, you know, we're like, we got to get a blog going. And so we had this blog called Chainsaw Creative was our kind of thing. And it was this, um, it's a bunch of different types of creativity. So we would write like short stories and we would come up with art and we, it was basically just going to be a blog. And we were like, yeah, we can make some ad revenue and whatever. And um, so it, it just, it, it wasn't taken off for us and we were putting a lot of time into it and all that stuff. So then my, my now five-year-old daughter, almost six, uh, was being born. So jump to that point and I'm in the delivery room with my wife and she's, you know, it's probably two hours into like a 10 hour labor 
and oh this my is god, the same... we're ten hour play. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh no, yeah, yeah. It's, Breathe, uh, ooh, it was. <laughs> was uh ooh, it was quite the and so my daughter's being born and my brother and i and so listen and my wife knows the story now it popped into my head because this is uh D next the play test had been going on for a year or two whatever it had been so we were really kind of getting into D, my brother and i back again uh and so anyway i go i know what we'll do we'll do a D blog and so i turn and with my left hand now granted it's not like she's like, oh, the baby wasn't like crowning or anything, but she was definitely in labor and kind of in between. And with my left hand, I pull out my iPhone and I text to my brother, tabletop terrors. And I go, D&D 5e blog. What do you think? He goes, yep. And that's how the whole thing was born. <laughs> uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. So I then took to Reddit. So this this is kind of the second part of the story that a lot of people don't know. Uh, my daughter was born with her, her, her top lip and bottom lip were connected with a piece of skin. So she couldn't actually eat or it was really difficult for her to eat at first. And unfortunately, the insurance considers that cosmetic. So we had to come up with like seven or $800. And this is after we just paid for all this hospital. And everything. So the bottom line is we're just trying to figure out like where we're going to come up with this money. So I go to Reddit and I basically just call myself tabletop terrors. And I say, I will for hire do whatever you want me to do for this new edition of D&D coming out. I will write your NPCs. I will come up with your plot hooks. I will do now. I had zero experience mm -hmm. doing this and uh, yeah, long story short, I made the money doing that. It was just at the right time. The market wasn't saturated. I was the only guy doing fifth edition stuff. And listen between me, you and, and the, uh, the new logo there, I really wasn't even doing it correctly, but it was close enough. And but anyway, <laughs> made the money, got my daughter, her surgery. And we were like, yeah, let's do this thing. And we started making books and the rest is history. Oh, that's awesome, man. Like, the the joke behind this show is that uh, sometimes the guests spark a memory and I go on a little tangent and sometimes they're long. I'm going to try and keep it short. I got so many tangents from that story. First of all, if I text my brother, it would be, uh, when, isn't your wife in labor right now? Yeah, but dude, <laughs> my older brother, right? Uh, <laughs> he played D&D &D like when we first played back in the day, but he's moved on. Um, the second thing was um, this, this labor story, this, you know, like connected to D&D. Okay. Um, sure. When my daughter was born, there was a tornado whipping through the town we were at. And the wife got so bored, she was finally like, like nine months, she just wanted to like get in a car and go somewhere out of the house. Or, you know what I mean? Like we were gently everywhere you go, but they get to that seven, eight months and they're just, they're tired of being huge and hot in the summer and yada, yada, mm -hmm. you know what type of thing? So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, did you want to go over to, you know, next town and, and sit at a buddy's and have tea and we'll get you all propped up and just kind of game because you're just kind of sitting there. She's like, great. So we go there, right? And, uh, uh, you know, tornado, tornado warning because we had dinner and the whole bit, right? Tornado whips through the streets of this little town which is like 40 minutes from my house and knocks trees down and my my wife's water breaks and we have to go to the hospital and i'm like little we're snaking trees and all this stuff and this is my daughter's birth five years later i'm in a little townhouse and my mother-in-law lives next door and my five-year-old daughter's staying there and we're about to have my son my wife's water breaks i go downstairs i get the car in three o'clock in the morning now this is bob cajun this is the tragically hip song bob cajun where i lived several years ago where right. nothing happens. It's three in the morning. It's grandma town. I mean, sure, a famous band shows up once in a while, looks at the constellations. But other than that, not much going on here. I bring the car up to the door, leave it running. It's three in the morning and sleeping in a little town. I go and get my daughter and I'm coming down the stairs from the next place carrying my daughter. Okay. I see my wife and my mother-in-law at the door. Okay. Now, if you're a good dad, you've got your bags packed. You got everything. It's in the trunk. We watch the car being stolen, driving away while my wife... <gasps> 
Okay. And I heard, literally heard them say, where's he going? And I'm like, I'm right here carrying my sleeping five-year-old daughter, <laughs> you know, type of thing. So I give my daughter to them. We get on the phone. I call the 911. And at first they didn't believe me. And then when I finally convinced them, she's in labor. My car is driving away without us in it. Uh, you know, she's like, oh my God, do you want an ambulance or do you want the police? No, no, no. My mother's law here. We'll go in that car. We're fine. But, you know, please send the police. Um, yeah. <laughs> so That's insane. So are you kidding me right oh, now? Oh, the best part is um, I'd loaned my brother-in-law the car a while back and he had a juvie record for Grand Theft Auto like way back in the day. So when they find oh, the boy. car, which was driven up north to break into some hideaway side restaurant and smoke stolen, when I got to my car, they had a cop on scene. They had a cop for the break-in and they had a CSI guy. The CSI guy was excited because when they ran it, like we got Prince, he's got a juvie record. I'm like, yeah, it's my brother-in-law. That's uh, not your guy. <laughs> wrong criminal yes um but the funny thing is is with my daughter five years before like we were gaming when this happened and the night of we were gaming and it's one it, i remember distinctly it was one of those nights where like we were having ideas about doing something new sure, you know, sure. it's yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's it's funny how in life you're supposed to really be focused on that important thing and that's when your brain goes hey i got this idea just give me a second yeah, honey yeah. you know like so when you said you're holding her hand and you got the the phone hey man i got this idea <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just that hit home with me and i'm guessing i'm hoping because it's not just you and me there's gotta be somebody else out there you know share with us your story of how D D, you know your 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 child's birth inspired something awesome in your D D life i want to hear that one um but you know we kind of skipped the first question the first question i should be asking you tim is may i call you tim yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I would love to hear what else you'd call me. Would, are you suggesting you'd call me Mr. Carney? Don't. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mr. Carney. Mr. Carney. Like, I mean, like the the Tim Curry, Mr. Carney, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Aww. Um, how did you first know you were a geek, a nerd, one of us, one of us? And was your brother right there? Um, I kind of always have known. So, like... The cool thing is, is that we grew up in a house where my dad was um, like reading us The Hobbit as bedtime stories. We always had comic books kicking around. So, you know, it, growing up, you don't realize that there's a different way. So I think it was I was always that way. We just had a really cool, fun, geeky house um, when I started to. So always I always knew that I was. I can tell you what was kind of a, a weird thing is for me, it's flipped. It was more I realized not everyone was. That's kind of when I started having the epiphany. I'm like, wait, no, not not everybody. And I, I can tell you pretty specifically when that was. It was in sixth grade. And we all had to choose books to read. And a bunch of kids made fun of me for choosing The Hobbit. And I was like, I, it, it didn't like hurt me. I wasn't like, oh, I was like, what are you talking about? It's The Hobbit. They're like, The Hobbit. What is that even? That sounds so dumb. And I was like, no, it's The Hobbit. You guys have never read The Hobbit. They're like, what's a Hobbit? <laughs> and I thought, oh. And then I sort of started like looking around and it was like this, you know, Hitchcock pan back where I look that I'm the only one in sixth grade with a Marvel backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so it I'm hit like, you. <laughs> oh, this isn't. And now remember, this is way before Marvel was in the mainstream. Mm. So to get a backpack with superheroes on it in the year 96 or whenever I was, it was extremely difficult. <laughs> it was not just going to Walmart. So anyway, that's when I realized, oh, not everyone is this way and that was kind of interesting because then i backed it off a little bit through my like later high school years mm -hmm. and then like when i got out of high school i leaned heavily into it and started like writing comics and not professionally but like trying and yeah. getting into art and getting into all kind of creative projects and kind of brought me where i am today that's really cool so um 
but jumping around a bit and getting off the rails here, <laughs> um, how long have you considered yourself a gamer, like playing actual the tabletop? You read The Hobbit, you've got the Marvel backpack, you know, the years go by. You start writing comics in high school and stuff. When did you find yourself presented with the, the D20 and, you know, they sit and we're going to use our imagination, you know, that kind of thing. When did that happen? Yeah, and so so I actually, I, I had a few run-ins with D&D um, before I actually really got into what I would consider being like a gamer. So um, I, just very long story short, I almost started playing D&D like three different times, but I could never get it up and going. So I tried advanced with some like obscure friends and then never got back together. Then I tried third edition with some of my close friends and then we kind of broke apart. My actual, when I would consider myself a gamer of like, hey, is when we started Tabletop Terrors where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And I started learning the rules and I started figuring out what my play style was. And listen, I'll cop to it, man. Out of the gate, I was like what you're talking about at the beginning of the show. I, I was I was a spammy little boy. I was a spammy boy. I um, I was excited, like you said. So like I would go into subreddit. So like on Reddit, the ones that you were only allowed to post once a week, I would post once a day until I eventually got reported. Um, <laughs> no. You know, I, I, no, dude, seriously. And I would, I would use these, uh, these hot button titles like exclusive and things like, and, and people would comment. Uh, like I had pop-ups on our website and things. And I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. And people would just nicely comment and be like, Hey man, this is a cool site, but you know, why the pop-ups? And it was funny. Cause at the time I'm like, no, that's just what you do to get their information. And you get, and then I kind of had this epiphany eventually of like, it's actually more about an actual interaction. And if you think of it in terms of like deposits and withdrawals, I was making a bunch of withdrawals before I had made any deposits. And so then I started making it more about like, I'm going to help. So I'm going to, I'm going to comment on someone's thing before I tell them about mine. And I'm going to really make a heartfelt comment and try to say something nice and give it a good listen and give him my time and give him some genuine feedback. And you know what? People started doing the same back and then a community kind of sprang up around it. So the, the, if you want to pinpoint when I feel like I entered my current state of this is what I am. This is what I am as a gamer. There's a YouTube channel called a fistful of dice. And we played in a campaign called the provokers. And the first provokers campaign is when I found my actual role-playing voice and became an actual, like what I would consider the gamer that I am. Awesome. Dude, that is so awesome. And not, not to mention like you were one of the many, many people that talk with your hands, but yeah. for I gotta say for you, no, for you it works. Like I, I like this. Can I use this? You know, it's like yeah. is that oh, copyright? Yeah, like I just love that. Yeah, that is, this, yeah. that's not copyright. Like, nope, that's actually is, that's Creative Commons. That's is that, you is can that, use it without that, attribution. Okay. okay, thank you. Uh, that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, a really good story, and it makes someone like myself, and I'm hoping the rest of you listening, you know, feel better. Is you know, there's a right, there's a time for spam. There's a right way to go about it. Now, spam. Oh, okay, I guess it's almost a derogatory term. Um is um like i said i don't think there's a lot of people that fall into that trap out of the gate i mean there is a choice of like am i marketing am i playing for fun is this serious or whatever and i noticed one of the mm -hmm. first things you said was oh we could have a blog and there'll be adsense so there's something to it because there is a give and take with your time versus you know a possible income right sure now yeah uh, i've mentioned this before on other shows or whatever um about the like the withdrawal and the whatever um, as spammy as some of us can be and is like, oh, look at our Patreon, all that can be. And people are looking at you, how many people you got your Patreon or how much you might make, you know, or something like that. It's like, there's still no conception of the thousands of hours and hundreds, or in my case, thousands of dollars that have gone into what we do that we so appreciate feedback 
let alone someone actually, you know, helping us with our donation. That just blows our minds. And, and we talk sure. to fans and they like, we're like, oh, thank you so much for your $5, you know? And they're like, okay, love the show. Are you okay? You know? And they're like, dude, you have no idea. You know, this <laughs> yeah, is 60 yeah. bucks a year, you know, like <laughs> so important, you know? Um, and exponentially, you know, um, so something we wanted to do was we wanted to show the content first. We weren't like, here's one show. And if you like it, we'll do another show because we need the money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to peel the curtain away from decent content creation. We just decided it's like, you know what? Here's two shows a year, year three, here's six shows out of our pocket. We are in debt, but we don't care because sure. we don't beer and golf anymore. We don't by the okay so it's by these video games but like the hobby becomes a passion and the passion becomes worth the money despite what it might cost you and despite your time because you absolutely sure. love doing it people ask me um you know how you make it out of this are you burnt out i'm like i'm exhausted but i'm having the time of my life because yeah you know and um so what i want sorry the long-winded way around this next question is um when you decided to start making content you know, that defining moment, the blog and, you know, the tabletop co um, content or whatever. Um, most people are the 99% consumer watching, absorbing, give you more. And then there's a the 1% creator, that type of thing sure. putting out, right? Yep. Sure. You're already doing that. You're already creating content. But you're someone I consider next level in that what made you decide to start actually going to an actual... Uh, like writing a world, the table, like the actual books and supplements, you know, the homebrew sure. stuff that you guys put out. Um, that's, that's a whole other level of content. What made you guys decide to go and start making that kind of content? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. And so um, the, the first thing was, I think that I've always been someone who loved to write, you know, um, and my brother and I have always just been like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if, so you know, during that Provokers campaign, we had, it was me, Matt Click, Barker, and then James wasn't in that campaign, but he was around quite a bit. And so I actually decided to start writing. I'm like, you know what? I have to. It was just in me. It's like, you know, I, I'm very passionate about this. I believe that unused creativity is not benign. And I believe that if someone is a creative person, they don't find an outlet for it. It's actually dangerous. And it can cause depression and things like that. Like not ex expressing yourself in a meaningful way can cause people depression and 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 like actually affect who they are as a person and their self worth. And uh, and I, I struggled a bit with that. Being frank with you, you know, there was a time where I didn't have an outlet, and so I didn't realize. But I was in a bit of a depression, a lot of a depression, really. Uh, this was years ago, but I start. I was like, I'm just going to start creating. And so what I did was I found an artist, and this artist was up up come, up and coming as well. I was like, yeah, I just want to write something. So the artist had a bunch of art of tieflings. And so I was like, cool, tieflings it is. Nothing like ceremonious and chosen and oh, I'm going to plan this. It was like, no, okay, you got that thing. I'm going to write. And so I just started writing uh, stuff about tieflings straight up. And uh, so I did. And the reason why I did it is because I've always been someone who's like, you know what? If I could just find my thing, I know I could be a good creator. Um, and I did it because I was like, if I can go through this process... And you can still find the book right now. Um, it's actually called The Tieflings of Dragongrim. The I wanted proof that I could show other artists and other writers who I wanted to team up with. And at the time, there weren't a lot of PDFs kicking around, right? So the fact that I had a book and was like, hey, you guys want to do a collaboration? I was like, oh, it wasn't speculative. It'd be like if you went to somebody and said, hey, you want to do a podcast? Here go 10 episodes. And they're like, oh, wow, okay. He has the equipment. He has the gear. He has the uh, work ethic. So 
I feel like that's my long answer to say that I can't help it. I can't help it create. So no matter what I do, I'm going to create where, no matter where I am, but I'm just so thankful that I found tabletop RPGs to point it toward. Mm -hmm. And not long after that, we started the company absolute tabletop. So, uh, tabletop terrors is me and my brother and, and a guy named Jeff Doty. We are part of James and I are partners in a company called absolute tabletop. So we started a formal publisher because we thought, Hey, there's something cool here. So we got these other two, uh, really cool RPG uh, creators as well. Barker uh, from the YouTube channel, Ignite, Inspire the Story, and then Matt Click from A Fistful of Dice. And so the four of us make up Absolute Tabletop. And so it was just kind of meant to be, man. It was it was just one of those crazy things. So the answer is I had to make the world. I had to get what was in me out of me or else I would have been in trouble. And luckily I had a really cool vehicle to do it. Cool. Um, dialing back to that comment, there is... Um... The actor that played Hannibal Lecter. No, stay with me. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah, yeah. remember his name. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. Anthony Hopkins did a movie about Picasso. I think it was Picasso or Da Vinci, one of, one of the famous artists. And this guy would lock himself in a room and paint and not even eat. His, his family would bring him food. And he's like, yeah, I'll get to it. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's he's sick. He's wrong. He's Why wouldn't you eat? It's like you can get so wrapped up and so excited about something that you can't eat. You can't sleep until it's out, until it's down. Right yeah. now, luckily, I I will definitely like I'll I'll take five minutes and grab a bagel or something and make sure food's going in. But sure, so sure. many nights have you spent where it's like time for bed. You go to bed and you look at the ceiling and it's like, okay, warm milk. Okay, no, nope, nope. And you're just on your phone. <laughs> you're telling somebody something, an idea, concept, or you know that type of thing. And I find myself doing that a lot. That burning, it's got to get out. It's got to get on paper. I need a hard copy because sure. I'll forget in the morning. I'll sleep and I'll be gone. Or yep. you know, and that driving, it has to come out of you. Um, so I can identify with that. And I think a lot of people, yeah. creatives that hopefully will listen to this on your side, listeners or mine will be like, yes, I'm feeling you, man. Like I, I totally, yeah. totally get it. Um, now a couple of fun questions. Um, sure. because as much as I really appreciate this inspiring commentary back and forth, I want to lighten things up. Do you have a favorite, now, this doesn't have to be an official capacity. This could be like just with the guys, you know, private game or whatever you got going like over sure. the years. Do you have a favorite class or race or alignment or personality type you like to play? Um, maybe you could say Tiefling, but again, you said it wasn't chosen. Like, do you have a go to that? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, so for me, I, I've always liked playing Paladins. Um, it's just something really cool about having the ability to heal and the ability to just rain down pain. Uh, being sort of a tank, but also this sort of person who can help and protect. So I've loved, I've always loved paladins, and I've always had a pretty heavy propensity towards dwarves. Uh, just think they're neat. I love that. So in terms of alignment, I, I, I tend to sort of just play my character. I don't really like have one in mind, but if I had to, I'd say it's probably like chaotic good would be like my kind of vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I like doing in terms of like what kind of character to play. Uh, it just depends on the campaign. And I like to come up with stuff that's fitting. So I played everything from like a Sherlock Holmes style, high functioning OCD sociopath, uh, which actually sounds terrible, but there's a lot of humor in that all the way down to like, you know, a, a bard who has this crazy thing when when he sees or smells blood, he turns into this crazy uh, not actually transforms, but has this sort of frenzy thing going on. So like just weird kind of twists on characters. Uh, I always try to do stuff like that. So let me tell you my real trick. I love to take characters from movies or TV shows and then do my best at like, I, I butcher it, but I, I try to do my best. So like I've played Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders skinned to something else. I've played uh, Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. I played Sherlock from the BBC version of Sherlock. I've played Martin Freeman's Bilbo Baggins and 
I'm no, I'm no actor. So you'd never know that unless I told you, but it helps me. So I kind of like, you're not an channel. actor. I didn't get the real <laughs> Tim Carney. Where's my, where's your agent? This is a, this is a thing is a sham. No, dude, <laughs> I am such a movie bush from the eighties. I literally had a conversation last night trying to, cause I was actually going to be the player for once. And we're talking about the, the Starfinder world and Rob Hammond. And one of my players was like, just play what you want, man. You finally get to play. I'm like, no, you don't get it. It's like, I, I need inspiration. I need to see something and I'll see a sure. picture or whatever, or I'll pick a guy from a movie and then I'll just know it. And I'll, I'll yeah, you know, like you said, you'll mutilate the original character with your own sure, version, sure. but you know, it's there. So man, I, I totally, totally get you on that one. Um, let's talk about um, where does the magic happen? Where do you create this content? So um, I think it's important to, to divide that into you're always going to create you got to just figure out how you manage the flow of the information so like it's it's pretty rare that you have an opportunity to decide when you're going to get an idea um so what i have is i kind of so i'm going to answer the question but it's kind of going to be a different answer which is sure I'm, i'm always creating but what i've done is i've developed a workflow so here's what i mean uh if i have my way i like to uh so so if i do get to choose i like to use i have a microsoft surface and i like to kind of just go around the house, you know, whether it's on that, we have a, a nice like back porch area. I'll sit out there in nature and kind of just write, uh, or I'll sit on the couch, kind of just recline, listen to some music real loud. But I have had to train myself that that's not always going to be the case. And I have to be able to do things anywhere to get the job done. So ideas hit you all the time, right? Like I say, whether you, whether you're ready for them or not. So what my workflow is, I put and have a notepad on my phone. And when the idea hits, I type it in or I dictate it in. And then once a week, typically towards the end of the week, I take a couple of hours and I take all of the information from that notepad on my phone and I drop it into the appropriate places that I have segmented off in Google Drive. That helps me a ton. So that way, and the reason why I keep it all that way is because my, my notepad is backed up constantly. Uh, so it's there's a version in the cloud and then all of my docs are in the cloud. So I do all of my idea gathering through the week on my phone. I do my writing typically either here in the office or around the house. And by separating those two out and understanding that they're very different has been way easier for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the short answer is that I can create anywhere. And that's something that I've had to learn. No, I, I totally get that. Um, but my guys are telling, they hate that I use speech to text on my phone, but I'll be at work sure. and I'll, I'll get an idea. Or like I said, just managing said company we have this year, we started um, Dicewise Entertainment basically. So it can be in debt instead of me. You know, I, we have, sure. yet, this is the first tax, this is the first tax time. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, we've been extended in taxes because of the world pandemic right now. It's like, good. Cause I'm really not ready to face the music of, you know, how much we spent versus any <laughs> minuscule sure. write-off I could get, you know, kept going for a year by just living in denial going, oh, I I made a company and it can be a debt, honey, yeah. instead of us. And she's like, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. She's like, <laughs> show me the bottom line. Just show me the bottom line at the end of the year, dear. No, no, no it's, yeah. Well, no, actually my wife is great. She actually is um, a silent partner. Like that thing, like she ponied up, uh, was it like two years ago? Uh, we needed money for a bunch of stuff. And she like, she gave us her tax return. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's and, cool. And because uh, I didn't have the money off of mine, I got like 300 back and she got a grand back. And, uh, you know, like the guys are too busy and can't afford, you know, so and because I produce edit sure. and everything, right? You know, daddy with the money. So I'm like, I bought something and I bought mics and we up, we did an upgrade like a year or two ago. And the guys are like, great. Wow. You know, this costs you money. I'm like, no, I understand. You all work for Cheryl now. <laughs> you all work for my wife. <laughs> oh, well, oh, thank no. you, Cheryl. Well, no, she games. Hey, Cheryl. Just, yeah, she games. And we've actually had her cameoing on a couple of shows a while. She started off uh, doing a voice for like a magic sword they found. 
I spent an entire afternoon nice. with one paragraph on a scene hovering over her, getting her to do these lines in the mic, and she hated it. She hated the microphone. She hated doing it. She sounded like a sure, robot. Sure, 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 sure. I said, great, because it's a magical intelligence story. You're not supposed to sound like a person. I thought Beautiful. that I thought that was a compliment. She took that as, you know, I think she got up and left the room. <laughs> no, honey, you're supposed no. to sound like a, a robot that's like like a wooden actor. Blah, blah, blah. She just gets up and leaves. So, honey, where are you going? We have to finish this. Honey, honey, yeah. dear, dear. Fast forward to now where she was playing a uh, halfling cleric that ran with these dwarves. We have this dwarven party that came down the mountain to open a microbrewery in Age of Ashes, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So I've got American and two Canadians doing awesome Scottish accents. And the chemistry between a dwarven sorcerer, a classic dwarf, and a dwarven monk is just crazy good. It's like our biggest show Ooh, now. That sounds cool. And yeah, then on the side, awesome. here comes my wife. Now, these guys have worked together for three years. My wife is new working with them, right? She really holds her own for the first 12 episodes that she was in, you know, that that kind of thing. And I'm, like, I'm so happy because she's having a good time and everything. Um, and then... Um, she, for whatever reason, like a bunch of things going on and she had to leave the show. But um, my point is, um, I guess, or a question for you is, how is this affecting your family life? Do you have a double life where they just like, oh, dad does this thing and locks himself in a room and they're not involved? Or are they subject like my own family where I'm like, ooh, because they're the first person to hear my idea if I don't pick a phone and they're absolutely saturated and sick of hearing about role mongers things for like three years. They're just like, yeah, dad, just, you know. Tell me, tell me the good <laughs> stuff. You know, okay, you know that kind of thing. How's it affecting your your family? Like, do you need, you know what I'm saying? It's like, do you need to do that wall with a double life? Going, okay, honey, I'm going to go be the creative me, and they're like, okay, fine, and then you put it down, and it's like, okay, it's dad and Disney and TV and things and blah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have to keep? I know it, exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You, and do, so, does it saturate um, your family, or do you have to keep it separate? I guess. Is no, the, I got to keep it separate. Okay. I got to keep it separate. Um, my wife is not really that geeky, and I love that. So she's not opposed to it, but she's not like, so she's really just kind of like my sanctuary and all of it. She's my break away from all that stuff. Um, so we recently just finished a book, Absolute Tabletop. We did a Kickstarter and we, we just finished a campaign setting guide called A Dead Man's Guide to Dragon. And it's a 454 page book. Um, it's enormous and it took a lot of time to write. We backed it or we uh, kickstarted it. Um, and we basically in this pro like in this process i just knew i'm like this is the book that i have had in me to write for like five years i need to write this book and there's only four of us and you're talking about a book the size of any of the um, fantasy flight star wars books it's like a phone book you know mm. and so i had a conversation with my family you know my wife my daughter was very young she really doesn't remember it but i just i had to have a conversation with her of like babe this is something that i really think i need to do and so she's like okay i support you and so we actually just released that book uh, seven days ago. Um, and, but during that time, there actually was like, I would work, I would do, you know, I'd work my day job and then I would come home and I'd work another eight or nine hours. And that went on for like two years. Um, and then right at the end there, I was going to bed at like two and waking up at like five thirty just to finish it and make sure we get to the backers what we, you know, told them we were going to give them. And so I'll tell you something uh, I, I didn't now, this is not something you can share before you deliver to the backers because it's basically like, Hey, this is what you signed up for. When you told us you were going to deliver this X, Y, and Z, 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 we gave you the money. So it's kind of cool and cathartic to share this stuff now because I wasn't looking for pity then, but I, my daughter, this is, it's kind of heartbreaking, but for Christmas, my daughter asked that daddy would be finished with her, uh, the book so that he could spend more time with her. <laughs> so it was really hard, man, but we finished it and now I'm done and it's worth it. The, the reviews that we're getting and the, the kind words that people are saying are just like, so I have an incredibly supportive family. And for a lot of time, especially this last year, daddy's got to work. And that's where the surface actually did come in handy though. Cause like I'd go and I'd hang out with them in the living room and I can dial in and just write. 
and you know they're watching the show and I'm kind of talking with them. So I wouldn't I wouldn't literally lock myself off in the office every time. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'd have to, but most of the time I'd be like, cool, grab the surface and go out and sit with them or go out and you know, and I would cordon off time, you know, dinner and then at least at least an hour, usually two after dinner is just family time. The phone goes in the penalty box, nothing else. It's just family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't ignore my family. And then weekends too, I would take Saturday off, hundred mm-hmm. percent, and that helped me stay sane. But for me, I have to keep it totally separate. Now, one small caveat, and then I'll shut up. As my daughter gets a little older, she's getting more interested in it. So she'll go, oh, daddy, what are you working on? And so I'll tell her about monsters. And she'll help me like come up with monster ideas and character ideas and stuff like that. And so she actually got a thank you credit in the book because a few of the monsters were her idea. <laughs> so no, that's great. maybe that line is blurring a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you what's in your future. Okay. Uh, my daughter is 24. Married to my son-in-law, who is a cast member, and uh, is a DM in her own right. Because like like Daddy being a control freak, just being a player wasn't <laughs> enough. She wanted the world. She wanted the control. She loved the story. You know, she's a um, uh, huge Terry Pratchett fan. Like that sure. old school sure. British humor world, you know, that type of thing, that kind of thing going on. Um, but we managed to get her to cameo in our evil campaign. We just started Hell's Vengeance, and we put up a pilot to see how it do, and she's in it. And I got her playing an npc that i'm supposed to play a female rogue that uh collects the party takes them on the first mission so i'm like honey i got this part for you you know you want to do this type of thing blah blah blah. you know kick jay off the mic now they're in japan right now so they're 13 hours in the future so like when we set this up at like nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night uh slot two after a live stream to record this it's like 10 or 11 saturday morning for them in japan and they teach nice. they teach over there. She teaches online, and he's in a classroom. Uh, and we're always joking. They're like, "How is it going from the future?" You know, that kind of like, um, <laughs> yeah. And you put you put someone in the game, and DMs are the absolute best and worst players at the same time because um, you know. Um, but you know, so proud. You know that uh, you know she's in she's into gaming. She has her own thing. You know that type of thing. Like I said, you 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 go. Oh, cool. Thanks for the monster, honey. You know, um, you might find yourself like opening a door going to the basement with the teen players that are rowdy and doing that thing and it's like guys could you please keep it down because i'm writing and it's like tabletop terrors and then like through the vents in your house you know you'll hear them come up and like what they say because it's gaming content will slip in there and you're like damn it no no not for, okay that's amazing the kind of thing that's what's kind of that's what's I'm just saying there could be in your future um so more saturdays off tim i'm telling you you'll never get those years back where they worship yeah. you and want you because now yeah they they don't think you know what you're talking about you know they uh no it's <laughs> They don't want to spend time. I, listen, man, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 I have to say, like, it has been a really cool thing. And, and, and I did, you know, I'm, we're done. Obviously we have, there's, it's a 454 page book. We're catching typos and we, we're going to wait about a month and change before we print. But mm. it's not like I'm reading through the book and there's still things that were, but it's not nearly what it was, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> hanging out with the family, catching yeah. up on shows. I joked with people that I have like, a, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the Marvel film Captain America Winter Soldier, but he has oh, this little kidding? pocket list. Uh, absolutely. Like one of my favorites of the series. I've watched all of them. Sorry. Just see totally it. agree. Totally yeah, agree. Yeah, like- so that my joke is I have my little Captain America Winter Soldier notepad of all the stuff I've missed over the last two years. Oh, okay. And everyone else got a chance to watch like, you know, watching the whole, I still haven't finished Mandalorian. I still haven't finished The Witcher. Oh. I haven't played some seminal games that have come no. out. I just I couldn't because you, of the commitment. You will so find, I'm, you will, I'm really excited. There's I'm getting caught up. There's a good question for you. There's getting caught up on stuff for you and then there's watching stuff that's inspiring. We just all my cast burned through Bacart. And we're like, oh yeah, we are totally going to do the Starfinder trifold chimera conspiracy because it's just 
the sci-fi horror thing that we were going to do at 7th level and we've never played. It's too far beyond us. We'll catch up to that sure, and we sure. wish to switch gears, yeah. right? The Mandalorian is done like an old school Western, like an old school spaghetti yes. Western. I mean, That's they even have the crack. And it's like, it's brilliant. They've tanked the movies, but this show is absolutely brilliant. And again, you're watching it and you get to this one episode where they do a heist. They, he gets a little crew together, you know, an old contact, pulls him out of what he's doing, puts him with the team. They introduce them really quick. They all have a backstory. They all have a history with him good or bad sure, sure, and sure, they sure, and sure. they frame it in an episode and i saw that episode and i was i blew up everybody's phone oh guys 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 we gotta do this we gotta do you know this type of thing um sure uh witcher too uh matt witt uh one of my cast members uh is uh, the four-man singer for his dad's band so he can sing and he'll he'll sing you know uh toss a coin to your witcher you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, like yeah. trying to record so sorry my question for you is um in the past and even now was there movies and like what was your inspiration even something you could watch again to get you back into that writing groove to get you into the creative juices flowing you know what i'm saying you'll see a movie and you're like oh yeah. hell yeah right and some movies you can even just go watch again after a year because it's like i need to get that groove back i gotta get those creative juices flowing um because i'm telling you watch picard and, and witcher and mandalorian that'll that'll keep you pumped yeah and i think so so those are definitely i'm glad to hear about picard because i didn't know i've heard mixed things and i um you know i'm We'll see. I'll, mm. I'll, I, I'm, I think I'm going to like it. Um, but in terms of like where I went, so always the Marvel films, I think they're all beautiful in their own little way. Mm-hmm. So like for me, all that stuff is just a masterful sort of, it's like a campaign. It's like a multi yes. campaign that the Marvel, you know? Yes. Thank you. So that Somebody is, gets it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's no, listen, man, it's a, it's a masterclass in, in character arcs, screen time and juggling meaningful character arcs over 20 30 people yeah. masterclass and the humor like come on and the humor like, right it, totally yeah. it, it's serious where it needs to be serious it's humorous where it needs to be humorous so that's my number one place but to kind of bring that a uh, step down i'm always i i still am huge into comics so that is probably my first love creatively is like it's way different than the cinematic universe but there are so many different kind of comics now i mean you know what what we're familiar with in terms of marvel we call it capes comics which are basically superheroes but there are so many other kinds of comics uh since like about the, about the year 2000 2003 we have seen a renaissance of these really cool unique comic book concepts that have nothing to do with superheroes so my first love has always been comics and that's where i go man i i go to graphic novel adaptations of of, of like novels and all kinds of new crazy stories you'd be really surprised at the number of famous writers who have done a comic run who just pop in there and do 12 issues or six issues and all that stuff's available online now through like the Marvel apps and all that stuff. So that's where I go. I, I, I crack open a, a, a comic book, oh, whether cool. one for my garage or a digital comic is probably my first one. And if not, it's something Marvel, probably the films, but even some of the cartoons. I'm finding shows like arch, uh, the green arrow, arrow uh flash sure. and of course oh, one of my personal favorites is legends of tomorrow where they actually use hellraiser they actually use um you know constantine uh which is actually a like a, a virtually unknown comic character unless you're sure you know writing sure. a genre kind of thing um <laughs> yeah but it's causing someone like myself to dial backwards to to wiki it to look into the character to you know sure. to, to go to the roots and look at comics i would have never looked at and then see the adaptation because for me it's it's movies and TVs first, and then I kind of go backwards into books. It's just my process. Um, have you found now? Like cause we were talking off the air about oversaturation, how like fifth sure. edition podcasts are oversaturated, and those that stick with their content and their own course, sh- proving they're genuine, uh, should come out ahead where a lot of people will fall off and drop off. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
is are do you have a course for your content for tabletop is there a known direction or are you guys dropping something going okay guys something new what do you want to do now and it's open you know or do you guys yeah. have you guys have something like where you're in a i can't say a mindset or an idea but you're in a logical let me give you an example everybody loved the movie the matrix then they dropped two and three and a lot of people didn't like them and i thought well why where did you think the story was going to go they had an idea yeah. where there was a like you know they had their profit guy that kept looping and then surprise you know the machines knew about the loop and they were forming the like kill off everybody start over yeah, yeah, and, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. and it was anomaly it was that one chance that something could change and they saw it and they capped it and they turned it into a loop and you had all these you know the one would come the one would come but the machines were all yep. over that shit and they just kept turning it into a loop of rebirth right he comes neo and he's an anomaly but you add smith and what Smith did in the movies was different than the last seven guys and Neo a little bit different. And the two of them together sure. caused this big ending and finally change. And people sure. are going, boo. And I'm like, why? Where did you think the story was going to go? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, right, 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 you know, right. So that's what I'm saying is like, I'm not saying um, I don't want you to think that you're cording off on the rails or stuck you know, in a mindset, sure. but you know, is there a logical end of where your tabletop stories, your world of stuff, the content um, is going or needs to go and you've got this planned out for the future or? Yeah, that's a good question. So for us, there's two separate stables. One is tabletop terrors, which is like the, the video content and like the sort of talky RPG videos. So like, you know, all of the how to videos and tips and tricks. And then the other stable is absolute tabletop, which is the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, where we're like building worlds and we're finding a really solid footing and like actually coming up with different campaign settings. So, so first with Tabletop Terrors, we recently just added Jeff Doty, who is a community member at the official Absolute Tabletop Facebook group. So um, very long story short, we just liked Jeff. He was a really cool guy and we thought it would actually round out the kind of personalities we had in our content. My brother and I talked too much. We would go off on tangents. You know, it was it was just not as direct and and usable looking back. So adding Jeff, it, it, it also made it so that we couldn't cancel on each other and blow it off because we're brothers and it's easy to just go, Hey, well, I'm busy with the family. Let's just do a video next week. You know? So having that third component in the tabletop terrors world and being able to do, you know, Jeff is very mechanically minded. He was a very high level judge in magic, the gathering for a lot of years. So he has a really good mind for mechanics, but he's also got a really good storytelling bent. So that's actually super helpful. Hmm. So for tabletop terrors, I think we're kind of just figuring out like reinventing ourselves. And so the new format we've chosen is quick tips and then a deep dive because we all love to talk. So we're like, let's lean into it. Quick tips is if you just don't want to hear us talk for 30 minutes, 40 minutes on a topic. It's just the how to improv, better ways to role play, things we've learned about leveling and XP, just the quick, like if you just want that. If you like what we said and you want to do the deep dive, those are 30 to 30 minutes to an hour. I don't know where the content's going on that one. Um, we're going to just kind of see where that goes. So there is no end game for tabletop terrors other than keep going, mm -hmm. keep growing, keep getting better, you know, whatever. Um, for absolute tabletop, we have just released our first full campaign setting guide uh, called A Dead Man's Guide to Dragon as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we have a few other campaign worlds. We have the sort of Lovecraftian, sort of um, like uh, Robert E. Howard, like uh, Flintlock fantasy setting called Gloam. We have upcoming settings uh, called Enkea. We have a sci-fi uh, sort of sci-fantasy setting we're coming out with later this year called Harbinger. And so I, I'm going to just write a big old check and say that, honestly, my huge goal where I'd like to see is 
these worlds that we're building go far beyond RPGs. And I would love to see some of these worlds as Amazon originals, um, Netflix shows. And you know, that, that probably sounds ridiculous. No, no, no. Like say, like take Firefly, for example, right? Sure. There was a genre of star Wars, this, 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 they come out with, with, they come out with Firefly. They take the concept of far future blade runner, where there's like Mandarin and American are the two big languages in the world. Then they have the, the, the core worlds, your empire, but they're the good corporation. Kind of, and you have these fringe guys, this Confederate state that lost the war. What do you do? The guy left the war smuggling and they have this country Western vibe with all kinds yep. of exotic characters in a very rich world that you know what i mean like there's always room yeah. for more sci-fi another world beyond like the classic stuff and something like joss wheaton's firefly which unfortunately got canceled but they gave him a movie sure. at the end um is sorry i guess i was asking you was like is that what you're talking about like you'd like to go there and have it be, have it be validated going look somebody produced this to show yeah. our world you yeah know? absolutely yeah like i think and this is kind of going off on on slight slightly a tangent but i think oh. right now we're entering an era where intellectual property is king with everyone having these streaming platforms that reach millions of people it's a content war you know so it's a matter of who has the show that's going to make people pay 10 bucks a month to dial in to you know to actually pay the subscription to watch so i what i want to do is set ourselves up to be in a place where we have fully developed very unique intellectual property that is not just reskinned forgotten realms it's really something interesting and new and you know that's a big thing to say but again 5 years ago when I was talking to my brother after my wife, you know, after my daughter was born, I'm like, Hey man, maybe one of these days, you know, maybe someday we can have a publisher and, and make our own campaign setting. That was five years ago. Mm. And that just happened seven days ago. So that's kind of my goal for the next five years is if we position ourselves properly, maybe, maybe you might see a dragon grin animated series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, no, Hey, why not? You know, why not? You know? Um, so. I, I was blessed enough that found you. I w- wasn't early in the game when I first found you, you guys were on your way, but you, you're at that point where like, we're just releasing this book. Like you've been working on it. I, so I guess, I guess like, I cheated in your world. Like you were just dropping sure. books a couple <laughs> of years ago when I found you and this yeah. kind of thing, like all excited about stuff. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, how about an interview? And you're like, oh, we're so busy. And now I'm interviewing you. And you're like, you could say, look, I've come this far. I wanted this sure. back then I'm doing this. And this is where we're going from here. Can yeah. we have any spoilers? Something that's in your future that you know is coming up? I don't I know. Exclusive spoiler you could treat us with? Or we understand sure. if you can't say, but it's got to be something. Come sure. on, Tim. Don't tell no, your brother. I can, I can don't tell, tell you your that... brother. Don't tell Monkey. Just you and me. Come on. What do you got? <laughs> don't tell. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't. Don't tell, don't tell Mom. Don't tell Monkey. Um, so I will. Um, yeah, I won't give you a ton of details, but mm-hmm. I can say that we have been approached by a uh, miniature creating uh, a mini company. And what started out as just like, hey, let's do a prototype and see if people like it. Um, it's our marrow, which are like the foot soldiers of Dragongrin. And uh, it was the most liked and shared picture that the company ever had in their history. And so I will say that we're in talks for a Dragongrin uh, mini. Oh, and cool. that's not something we've we've announced anywhere else yet. So that's kind oh. of an exclusive there. Right. But it's listen, if it, if it falls through, then it falls through. But uh, we're in, I'll say that prototypes are being sculpted. So we're that far along in making sure the idea has legs. Of course, with all the weirdness going on in the world right now, things are a little bit on pause. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we've got we've got a really cool. I work with an artist, uh, Alexander Kostic, who is just incredible, and he and I come up with some wicked good designs, in my opinion, uh, and they're unique. And so the miniature company was like, "Hey, this is actually pretty cool. If you guys are interested, so you might see a Kickstarter." Uh, not by us, but by them, maybe sometime in the near future with a full line of Dragon Grin uh, miniatures with all unique monsters and creatures and stuff like that. Awesome. So let's talk about 
merchandise, merchandise, where the real movie is, where the real money is made from the bot movie. Right over your left shoulder there, I realize I'm looking at something that I'm seeing in your feed here, in your in your loop of pictures that you sent me, a tabletop, the big double T's over your shoulder. Can you, can you bring that up for the camera? Like, can you oh, reach, sure. reach yeah. behind you? Book? This, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so this is actually, this is kind of an interesting thing. This is a... Uh, oh, it's a book. It's a, it looked like a wooden... Yeah, it actually looked like it was made of wood in the bag. Oh. So this is actually created by uh, one of the partners uh, uh, in the company, Barker's wife, Heather, made this. Oh, wow. And so that, how that rad is, is that? that is, is that any inspiration from like the Harry Potter, the book that's under the bed, that you know, kind of thing? Like, So I honestly, she's she's a, a wizard in terms of that's the Harry Potter inspiration. She's actually amazing at making these. She carves some of the most interesting, intricate stuff in here. That's absolutely crazy. So, can you just flip it open? Like, it literally is a book, yeah. like printed. Yeah, the, no, it's the, a book, and the, it's, like it's the... through like through like page folding and cutting. I don't know exactly how she does it. Oh, okay, but like, it literally it, is a readable book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and so she picks. Uh, this is I, I've never heard of this. I don't know what the content is, or do I condone it? It's called the Cutting Season. Oh, so it's not, it's not it's not your book. She just no no found a book. She'll find just a cool looking uh, book oh, from I, I don't know where. Okay bookstore salvation army yeah so this isn't one of our books she just got like a cool looking novel that's the right size and shape mm-hmm. and then she carves the, the logo right in there oh okay so, that's awesome so what about pretty, actual pretty cool what about actual merchandise do you have t-shirts mugs tabletop you know can we can we get a banner can we get a sticker out there do you have any of that kind of thing going you know it's funny maybe it's time we have never had that we've always talked about it but we've never done it so maybe we could like whip up some t-shirts and stuff with the cartoon logos or the you know whatever but that's actually a really good idea of having like the you know whatever i've had a few people ask me for like hey i would love a tabletop terrace t-shirt like, oh one of these days yeah <laughs> now i have the time though being for a while oh so yeah so somebody actually said to me they were like hey i would love a tabletop terrace t-shirt uh and i just have never gotten around to it but now that the book is out and i'm not working you know 50 extra hours a week <laughs> it's that's the kind of stuff i want to have time to do in the evening it's just oh hey let's come up with a t-shirt design oh hey let's put it up you know we have access we have yeah, we have ability, the ability to make T-shirts and we have a distributor and all that stuff. But because we have T-shirts for absolute tabletop, but never for tabletop terrors. But I think now is probably the time to do it if, if there was ever a time. So I, I will work on getting you some merch. I have I have discussed this with other guests and I want to change my opinion on something. I saw we, you know, we use t- teespring.com. Okay, sure. And something that I like, I'm very proud of, is we dial the profit right down. We we have a um, a charity, like something like that. I like about them is like you can pick a charity. We have MS uh, because my mom has MS, and you know a dollar of our sales goes to them. Um, but sure. the companies want, and there's so many. So I, I, I'm hoping that before you just grab the first one or the most popular, fish around for companies that have a smaller profit margin for themselves, because sure they'll start at twelve dollars US. Or sort twelve dollars right. Canadian or US. Then they want another twelve bucks for shipping. So you your yeah. your customer is already paying twenty five, thirty bucks and you haven't done anything yet. Then you put yep. your logo on it and they say, Oh, you know, they tell you, oh, you know, make sure you get your twelve bucks. So it's like, well, as big or as small as anybody is, no one wants to pay forty, fifty dollars for a t shirt. They will. No. But don't you know, so uh we yeah, dialed what, am I at a concert? Yeah, so we dialed our profit margin to like a dollar five dollars you know and even that was just so that we could offer five percent off to the patrons and because it, it comes out of yours right we were like a buck sure. we don't care and then i couldn't do any discounts to patrons and stuff where like here's five or twenty percent off so i was like okay i can give them five percent off something but i had to have like a dollar to five dollar margin um just so that people are paying that ridiculous 30 
you're still paying ridiculous, you know. Uh, and just recently, my son's like, he was, he had a, made himself a little shirt company one summer and had the printing press and made us a bunch of shirts and, you know, charged sure. me out the eyeball for them, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, family. Yeah. Um, there's big companies out there that buy a forty, fifty thousand dollar printing rig and the shirt goes through it and it's just like a little printer, but it's the size of your couch. And you put the shirt in and it will digitally print in every color a beautiful pattern, right? But these are thirty sure. or fifty thousand dollars, so you'd have to make a lot yeah. of shirt, right? But these companies, they'll still like way overcharge you. There are so many companies that'll be competing. So please, Tim, find one cheaper than I did. Find a company sure. that wants yeah, to charge, so- right? So that well, first of all, if even if you balance the margin, the money is going to where it should. You, the content creator, to make more content to do it to your costs instead of something like me where I just feel so bad. We're not making money off shirts. Thank you so much for wearing our shirt. I mean, like check this out. You said yeah, you yeah, really yeah. like the shirt. It's your favorite shirt, right? Like the cat's great. The ca- I think it is. The, it is the, the, the Cavaliers funny. Creed. You know, it's like uh, polish your armor, stay on your mount. If diplomacy fails, charge with lance, trample with mount, pause for glory, and repeat. And this is our cat. Repeat, <laughs> repeat. Uh, our Cavaliers Creed for the All Cavalier Party podcast. Um, shout out to Joe O'Brien and Troy Lavalley on the Cannon Fodder uh, podcast, where they're the Glass Cannon podcast, and they discussed all mounts. They discussed Skidmire doing this one or that one or the other one, and I was like, oh, I am not doing a show they're doing because I love them. And he went oh, with nice. a different show. I'm like, yes, War for the Crown is mine. Yes. You know, and, and, <laughs> and then No Direction and the actual team director, Christian Frazier, like decided to do a podcast on it. And I'm like, ah, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we love that show and it's one of our biggest. But um, we have well, fun. We have, so we have this phrase in, in Abtab and you know how like um, <clears throat> you're an Avengers fan. So you know mm-hmm. how in the first Avengers movie, you know, one, of the, one of the best lines is that Robert Downey, we have a Hulk. And then you kind of see the whole, you know, yeah. so our, our line in, in absolute tabletop is we have a James. Um, and so James is a web developer. And so <clears throat> the, the beauty of it is that he comes up with really rad, like stuff that we can do that a lot of companies would have to pay a developer for. So we actually luckily don't have to use Teespring or any of those other places. We actually go through a direct t-shirt distributor and then we have it so that they, can you you buy it straight from our website mm-hmm. we go wholesale to them they print it and then send it off and so it's we don't make a ton of money on them but there's no middle person mm. there's no middle company for us we go straight to the so we're our own teespring yeah and so so luckily and we couldn't do that if we didn't have a web developer mm-hmm. because the way that it all works it's basically james programmed what teespring has mm-hmm. and so anyway so we're very lucky in that regard same thing with our e-commerce like we sell all of our own books and you can get codes for our downloads and all that stuff i wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff mm-hmm. we'd just be using drive through rpg or whatever but right now you can go to absolutetabletop.com and when you buy that stuff james is all magically hooked up so that it you know it, it goes for us so we have a james <laughs> if you can keep that on 20 bucks like no i'm talking 20 dollars canadian which is like 15 dollars american but you go into a gaming store and i picked up a couple shirts i got a great shirt that says just a big picture of a d20 with a one on it and under it, in like the actual typewriter font, it just says crap. Like, like just like very simple. <laughs> Love a shirt, right? I come home with it. She's like, "You bought another shirt?" I was like, "Come on, it was on sale. It was only twenty bucks," you know, kind of thing. And it got me thinking about our own merchandise. It's like, yeah, people will pick up your stuff for like twenty bucks or less, and they'll wear it. And then you have all this free advertising. To me, sure, that's worth sure. far more than like I made another five dollars on another sucker. Yeah. yeah oh God. Like, yeah. Pfft. Yeah. We don't make a bunch of money run, on the shirts. In, them, in you know, fact, you know, same, like, same, same thing. Yeah. Like, um, but it's fun. 
Yeah, and uh, like I'm sorry, I'm dying a lot of this back to our process and, and type of thing, but it, there's got to oh, be fine. there's got to be a back and forth. I'm looking for a contrast on like what someone does that's still relatively <clears throat> new, like myself, someone like you, who's um, far more experienced, has a team, um, and not just not just the audience learning, but I get to learn too. Um, sure. So let's talk about if you don't mind some optional questions um what do you do for a living you know beyond this or before this like what paid the bills for you because i always find the different walks of life what people do doctors lawyers ditch diggers everyone games these days since the 90s so it's like what do you do to pay the bills until this could possibly no that's a a really good question so i'm a hired gun no i actually um (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry uh, i'm not i'm not a hired gun i am the the furthest from it no um i actually i own i'm 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 a partner in a digital marketing company. And so um, that is a cool thing. Uh, it wasn't always that way. Um, for a while, I, I did some other stuff. But here in the last couple of years, I've been able to launch out. And so what we do is we do digital marketing for, you know, help them build websites, do all their social media and everything. And it's funny because, you know, when people find that out, they're like, oh, cool, maybe you can help me. And there's a quick, there's usually a quick test. And it's, do you have a marketing budget? And if the answer is like, no, it's like, then we're probably not for you. We're, we're really good with people who already have some money that they're playing with and they're trying to maximize and optimize what they're doing. And then we make it so that they can do that well without spending more. So um, we've helped all kinds of brands and famous ones, not famous ones. Um, so yeah, that's what I do for, for my day job is Google and Facebook and all the marketing kind of stuff and keeping up on that, which is a, a chore in itself, staying up to date with all that stuff. But um, yeah, so that's my day job is I, I am a part owner in a digital marketing company. Awesome. And uh, I saw that on your Facebook, you know, like I, you were sending me messages and I, I was looking for something, a logo, and I went to your personal page and I didn't see anything on Terror Top ter- Terrors. And I'm like, mm. oh crap. Like just for a moment, I was like, do I have the right Tim? That's funny. I was I like, is he, he going to come out here and go, so you, I'm so happy we're talking marketing. I'm like, you're not the tabletop there. Like, what? Oh, no. Wrong guy. Oh, I would yeah, care. No, I'd be like, all right, let's talk to you. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk marketing. <laughs> hey, sure, yeah, no, good, buddy. An original type of, of guest. You know, we'll have you back on the show. Tim, I asked you for a 20-minute interview, and you've given us over an hour. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've been talking sure, to Tim Carney. He might smell of cabbage, but because of self-isolation these days, you're just not going to know. Don't go to a store. Check out his content <laughs> instead. He's got so much online. On social media, Tim, where can we find you? What are your handles? Sure. Where, where can we find you? Tell us. Yep. So for Tabletop Terrors, we have Tabletop Terrors everything. So it's at Tabletop Terrors on Twitter. It's Tabletop Terrors on YouTube. And we have TabletopTerrors.com. Uh, there's really nothing on the site. Uh, it's just... Um, and then for Absolute Tabletop, there is absolutetabletop.com where you can find all the books we talked about. And we would invite anyone uh, who is cool uh, to come to the official Absolute Tabletop Facebook group, which is uh, just go to uh, Facebook and search Absolute Tabletop and send a request to join. That's pretty much where you can find us. Awesome. Awesome. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we will see you next time on Attack of Opportunity. Say goodnight, Tim. Good night, Tim. No, I'm wrong. Uh, Actually, I think I smell cabbage.